0: Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com slash SME today. Again, agorapulse.com slash SME.
1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media.
0: On today's show, we're going to explore Facebook's creative Guidance Navigator, automated ad creation tools, and a lot more with Ali Bloyd. If you want to understand how to benefit from these Facebook ad changes, then be sure to stick around. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm Michael Stelzner, and this is the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. If you want to go deeper, be sure to check out our Social Media Marketing Society, where you'll get instant access to 140... In depth marketing workshops, live ongoing monthly training, and support from a welcoming community of marketers just like us. And now for today's expert. I'm happy to be joined today by Allie Bloyd. She is the host of the Marketing Inc. podcast, founder of Allie Bloyd Media, a leaning trading and consultancy for local businesses and local marketers specializing in social advertising, and in particular Facebook ads. Ali, welcome back to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today. Let's start with Facebook has rolled out new tools for advertisers. They've got this thing called the Creative Guidance Navigator. What the heck is the Creative Guidance Navigator?
1: Yeah, so this is basically just a new URL. It's a new view that will allow people to get creative suggestions on a variety of different filters, so to speak. So if you are trying to achieve certain goals, they're going to give you certain creative suggestions. If your business is a certain size, or if you're in a specific region, or if you're trying to utilize certain ad objectives, it's giving you a lot of different creative suggestions to help you achieve those goals. So I think this is a really cool tool that they've come out with because truthfully, I think most of us know the creative is so critically important to getting somebody to take action on your ad. And if that creative is not well-optimized, or maybe there are just small little things that somebody doesn't know about that can dramatically decrease the performance of their ads. This tool will give them a really easy way to identify ways to improve. So it's kind of in an infographic style format. I think it'll be really easy for people to follow. And truthfully, there are a lot of really great suggestions there.
0: Yeah. And it allows you to filter by Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, or the audience network. And then you can filter by format industry, region, business size, and objective. Now, I kind of feel like this is more like a little web case study kind of thing where it's giving you examples of what others have done. I think it's a stretch to call it a tool. It feels like it's more yeah. like more like just like, here's some creative ideas that others have done to inspire your creativity. Is that the best way to describe it?
1: Yeah. Again, it kind of feels almost like an infographic to me in the way that they've designed it. So it does have a really simplistic feel. I think a lot of times that can be great because, you know, people don't often need all of the nitty gritty. They need something that's easy to comprehend, Right, but it is a little bit easier for them to pull ideas for their own business than using something like the ads library where maybe you can see a lot of different ads and creatives, but you don't necessarily know how that relates to your campaigns. So I agree. I wouldn't necessarily call it a tool. I'd call it a really nice resource for people to use, but the suggestions that it's giving are some that I give to my students personally. So I do think that they're pretty solid and everybody should check it out just to make sure that what you're doing is actually in line with what your goals are or the types of formats or placements that you're targeting.
0: Facebook.com slash business slash creative dash guidance dash navigator, or just Google creative guidance navigator. Okay. on to our next news item. There is a new automated ad customization option for Facebook ads. Tell us what this is and what do we need to know about it?
1: Yeah. So this is really going to allow Facebook to optimize the text within your ad on a very individual basis. So I think this is pretty cool. I've tested out a lot of the different options that they've given us over the years in terms of dynamic creative and adding several different headlines and subheadlines and primary text so that it is more dynamic in how it's presented to individual users. And so what this is going to allow your ad to do or Facebook to do through your ad is to essentially pick pieces of the copy specifically to highlight based on The users that are seeing them in terms of what the algorithm thinks will jump out most to them. So it could be that the headline and the newsfeed link description, which I call the sub headline, that maybe they think that sub headline is a little bit more powerful to somebody than the main headline that you have in your copy. So they're actually going to put that sub headline front and center on your ad, as opposed to the traditional placement where you actually set it up to go below the headline. And same thing with primary text. It's really just going to kind of adjust the placement of the different pieces of copy on your ad based on what they think specific users are really going to respond to most. So I like to try every single tool that Facebook presents to us because I think first and foremost, I want to know that I can explain it and give feedback to my students who are asking about this and if they should use it. So I want firsthand experience from it. But also sometimes you might find one of these tools that works really, really well. In the past, I haven't necessarily loved all of the tools with dynamic text and dynamic creative For one main reason, and that's because I like to always be gathering really specific data from the ads that are being run. And it's very difficult to see the outcomes from some of these tests. And ultimately, it may not even be something you really can see an outcome for other than this percentage of people were served your headline at the top of your primary text and this percentage were served that sub headline. So I'm not sure what the reporting on this is going to look like. But if I can't draw very specific conclusions from certain types of tests, Ultimately, I'd rather just do my own split test so that I can feel confident that the majority of my audience is going to respond in a certain way to certain types of text or creative. And with these dynamic tools, they're doing it so much in the background based on these individual users, and they also make the reporting... Impossible, if not really difficult to find for certain options that they presented over the years, that it makes it very hard for data driven marketers to see what the ultimate outcomes are so that they can continue to improve the copy that they are presenting their audience in those ads. So we'll have to see. I'm definitely going to try it out. I try everything out, um, but that's kind of been my main negative with some of these tools is just the inability to learn from the data that these types of ads are actually producing which means that you know you're kind of putting yourself in a position where you're letting Facebook determine a lot of your advertising choices instead of having that foundational understanding of what your specific audience is going to best respond to
0: Just to clarify, this is called optimized text per person. I'm looking at a screenshot of it, and it looks like you can give alternative options for your primary text, alternative options for your headlines, and alternative options for your description. And I'm intuiting that the algorithm is going to pick the one that it thinks is best based on the user. That's my understanding of it. Is that your understanding of it as well?
1: Yes, that's absolutely right. So there has already been the feature where you can have multiple pieces of primary copy, multiple headlines, things like that, and they will dynamically show them to different people. This is an additional step within that, which is not only going to switch out the primary text with those different primary text options and the headlines with the different headline options, but it may actually put Your headline at the top of your primary text or it may put your newsfeed link description at the top of your primary text so on and so forth so really the placement of those different pieces of copy will now be dynamically changing based on the user who's seeing them not just additional options for them to have a variety of primary text variety of headline they'll actually be switching up where that appears on your actual ad
0: all right I don't even know if this is officially available for everyone yet. Have you seen it?
1: I have not. So it is rolling out this week. It's supposed to be a lot more widely rolled out this specific week, but I am sure that there are still going to be people that after the week is through, they still won't have it, but it should be coming soon.
0: Let's talk about the Facebook review process. I guess that Facebook has revealed briefly like a little bit more about how they're review process works without getting into the weeds. Is there anything specifically that we gleaned from this recent announcement that they made about how they do their review process?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that advertisers are constantly confused about because it is not always clear why ads get rejected, why ad accounts get shut down, etc. And I think it's nice that they kind of tried to break it down for people. Ultimately, they're really just kind of clarifying that they're Automation and their AI and their algorithms, they do most of the first reviews. You know, with that technology, and a real person is not actually making that determination unless you're appealing that specific rejection, in which somebody's going to come back and say, "Okay, did the AI or the machine learning did they get that wrong?" And that is what's going to help the system continue to get smarter about what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. But then there is another layer that kind of goes into that, where it's really determined based on a specific advertiser and a specific ad account and a specific business manager account. So the rules are not necessarily equally applied to everyone. So if you've got a history of having uh, policy violations, if you have a history of having ad accounts shut down based on you know, violating specific policies, hopefully not based on the machine learning, disabling things accidentally, but you're actually going to be a lot more sensitive to those rejections happening and potentially more sensitive to having a real person not approve that ad. So I've always felt like they have not done a great job at thoroughly explaining their policies as a whole, not necessarily the review process, because I think we all do know at this point, it's not a real person that's rejecting these things or disabling accounts. It gets it wrong a lot. And sometimes when it gets it wrong, you still don't get that reinstated. Yet the person on the other end that you're now speaking to, they're not actually telling you which policy was violated for this to be a permanent rejection. And I think if they spent more time really diving into the policy side of it and giving examples potentially to people, not just text on a screen saying, this is our policy. But if you're in this type of business, this is the type of um, ad that could get you disabled based on that policy. These are the specific words. These are the types of images. So they've never really done that. I wish they would have kind of put their effort and their time more into that side of it. Because ultimately, most of us, at least those who have experienced ad rejections and ad accounts being disabled and business managers disabled and personal ad account restrictions and all of these things, you know it's not a real person there. And ultimately, I also wish it was a lot easier for people to get in touch with somebody through Facebook to actually have someone make that Manual review because a lot of times their chat feature isn't even available on the website. It's incredibly difficult to get them on a phone call. You know, sometimes they're really just putting up these policy messages that are, again, kind of vague and not really specific. And then you don't really know how to go from there. You just appeal it and you hope that you get a support message in your inbox telling you what it was and that it's done in a timely manner. Um, So I think, you know, maybe the effort was a little misguided in this specific incidence. I would have preferred. more policy clarification for, you know, real businesses that are tired of getting things disabled, but they never get that actual feedback about what specifically was done wrong so they can try and avoid it in the future, which also means that they're going to be more sensitive Additional rejections, you know, moving forward based on those things. So it was kind of nice, but most of us who've dealt with it already understand a lot of that. I mean, it's more the policy issues and the the manual review process and getting somebody to actually do that that I think they should have clarified a bit more.
0: On another front, Facebook has made some updates to website conversions. I think this is a result of some of the privacy changes that have been going on, right? So, what exactly is this conversion modeling and events stuff? What do we need to know about this?
1: Yeah, so there has been definitely a disruption in terms of data and reporting since the iOS 14 changes have taken place and then there are additional changes that are even set to come out based on, you know, certain device types and certain carriers and things like that. And so Facebook gets 99% of all of its revenue if not 100% from advertisers and so they have a very vested interest in advertisers getting great results because you know, that's how they make their money. If you stop getting results, if you stop being able to profit from this, they lose a lot. And although, you know, these changes that took place were outside of their control, it's definitely impacted the ability for many advertisers to either get the same results that they were getting or to interpret the data. So some examples of this, there's really a lot of different ways that can impact you. Something like Shopify, for example, I have students that they have Shopify stores and they even use the conversions API to try and bridge that gap. But ultimately, they're missing usually about 50% of their conversions on their dashboard since these changes have taken place. And it is really, really tough for them because unless you're using UTM parameters and willing to to go back and manually check every single purchase that's been made, the results that you see on your dashboard are not accurate anymore. And because of that, they have a really hard time making decisions about what to turn off, what to keep running, what to scale up. That's one group that's really been impacted those direct purchases. And that's very significant for them because there is no human connection or conversation that takes place before that sale. So they really, really, really need to rely on that data. A lot of people don't have the time or the knowledge maybe to do that manual tracking. And then on the other end, things like just website conversions and opt-ins and scheduled calls and things like that, we're seeing very similar issues. So there are a few tools that we've used to kind of overcome this, which has been really, really great. However, most people probably aren't using those. And so they have noticed a dramatic disconnect and their actual results versus their reporting. And part of that is going to impact the pixel itself because the pixel learns based on those conversions. And if it's missing a lot of these conversions, it's not going to be gaining that knowledge about who's buying or who's opting in or who's scheduling those appointments. And so it it is a pretty big issue. And so what they are trying to do is, I think, just whatever they can to overcome some of this. So ultimately, it's not really fixing the problem, but there are things that will hopefully make it less confusing. So one of the things that you have had to do because of this update, was something called aggregated events management. So I actually had a really great video I did with Social Media Examiner that came out about a week ago about the domain verification process and aggregated events. So this was a result of those changes. And one of the things that takes place when you're trying to set up those events is you have to prioritize them one through eight. So you get eight conversion events that you're able to track. And you have to prioritize what is the most important conversion event for me. So if you're e-commerce, purchase. If you are a service-based, appointment-based business, it's going to be schedule. So you want that top priority first, and then you're just going to go one step lower every time. Well, a lot of people don't really understand this when they're setting them up. And if you edit that organization of those events, it's going to pause everything that you're running for 72 hours before it will let you run your ads again. And so one thing they've recently come out with is the ability to be able to reorganize them and have it not turn off your ads for 72 hours. So again, it's nice that they're doing that. I don't know that it really solves the problem, but that is a benefit because if you don't get it right the first time, if you don't really have somebody explaining this to you or, you know, watching that video on uh, social media examiner's YouTube, then you may get it wrong. And then you potentially realize it later and... Your ads are going to pause. And then also they're going to change in the way that the results are delivered after that. And this will at least give people kind of a mulligan, if we want to use the golf lingo, like a redo, to be able to get these things organized in the appropriate way without forcing them to have no ads running for three, if not more days. And for a lot of businesses, I mean, that's going to have a huge impact if you're spending a lot or if you rely on your ads for a large part of the lead Or the sales that are coming through. So I think that's a really good thing that they're changing.
0: Yeah, they're calling it estimated conversions, right? So this is the part where it gets a little murky, right? Like you don't know if it's real or not, right? It's just a, they expect it's going to be this, but like, will marketers rely on that? You know what I mean? Like, what's your thoughts on this?
1: Well, I think that marketers who are very serious about data, They shouldn't rely on that. You really should be finding an alternate solution for this. So for some people, maybe it's just manually reviewing your actual results, looking at the UTM parameters, seeing where different things are coming from. You also have the option to use a tool like Hyros, which I think we talked about in that same video with the aggregated events. Also, we use another tool that actually is it's sending the data back to Facebook. And so it is actually accurate on the dashboard. It's it's circumventing the whole system in a way. So those are things that I highly encourage everyone to look into because it is so critically important to know what your real results are. You know, we're not in the business of estimating and that's for horseshoes and hand grenades, as they say, like we need to know specifically what's working and how much ROI a certain ad has produced. So the models, you know, I wish they would give us a little bit more info on how they're putting those numbers together. It might give people more confidence to trust that information, but I've actually seen it in my ad account for a little while now, and it's it's still very inaccurate. So I have noticed, however, that they're not attributing conversions to ads that aren't getting any conversions. It's more like the numbers of estimated conversions on specific ads. They're just not at all the right number. So I think you can trust it in a way in terms of, if I see that an ad is not getting any conversions... I can probably turn that off and, and say that that's not my winner in this test or in this ad set or in this campaign. But if you see one that is, it's not trustworthy in terms of for e-commerce, your return on ad spend, if you're tracking that on your ads dashboard, your actual number of conversions, and then also the amount of money that you've made for those campaigns. And for other people that are using other types of events, You know the number of schedules, for instance, they are being attributed to the ads that are producing them, but not at all in the number in which they've actually produced. So I've seen a dramatic under-reporting, not an over-reporting. So I think that should give people a little bit of confidence knowing that, hey, if this is what I'm seeing, I can assume it's going to be more than that. How much more? I'm not sure. I would need to dive in. But it isn't really giving estimates that an ad is doing a lot better than you think. It's showing it's doing worse than it actually is. So I think that is somewhat of a positive because I would hate for people to think that an ad is performing really, really well when that's not the case. I'd rather them think that, it's doing a little bit worse potentially and be able to dig in and verify the actual results because then you're going to be a little bit more cautious in how you approach that and not dump a lot of money into an ad that is being over reported. So still not a perfect system, but you know, it's a step in the right direction.
0: A couple things that I would like to uh, say is to all the marketers listening right now, whether you do paid acquisition or organic marketing, We are entering into an era where we no longer have the full story, full stop, even if you use UTMs. And here's why. All the data and research I've seen has shown that a huge percentage of people in the world are now blocking firing of Google Analytics Okay, and all these other tools that we're used to using. So even if you use a UTM on an ad, but if the client, the mobile device or the computer is blocking Google Analytics from firing, it doesn't record it. Does that make sense? So we're now entering into a world where we almost have to become data scientists, right? Or we have to figure out a way like we did before we had UTMs to determine if it is or if it isn't working. And it's just going to get harder for us as marketers. So we need to maybe start saying, all right, if conversions are harder to track, then we're just going to have to go for branding. We're just going to have to go for exposure and we're going to have to track the sales and hopefully see if there's some sort of corollary because that's the world that we're in today, and that's the world that we will be in even more so in the future. Just my raw thoughts on that. It's going to get harder, folks. (laughs) Unless you sell your product in a Facebook shop, right? And it's all in the ecosystem, you will not Mm -hmm. be able to fully track it.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really important point. And honestly, I, I think that this is something that, like you said, marketers have to really take seriously because I think this is going to be one of those issues that kind of separates the leaders from those who will maybe not really succeed in this industry long term if you're ignoring this then you're not going to be able to continue to produce results for people and you're also not going to be able to validate any results that are being produced people that are hiring marketers or if you are an employee working for a business and you're trying to show what your value is based on these results that you're producing if you can't do that that business owner is likely not really going to understand the challenges that you're up against. They're going to say, find a way to do this. And the truth is there are ways to do this. Just like you said, I think having a variation of promo codes or potential offers, things that are trackable, having a different call tracking number, having a different text to da-da-da per different ad setter, per audience that you're testing. Those are things that are very easy to track. And again, I think this really comes back to the importance of having an all-in-one system. It's become even more important to me because I need something that does see every aspect of our marketing because the reporting based on that gets a lot easier. And there are certain ways to kind of circumvent some of these things in certain scenarios, not all scenarios, but you have to really dig in and try and research these things, find what might be helpful for your business, but understand that there are more of these like offline types of testing and tracking mechanisms that we can use. And we, can very simply say, okay, how many calls did this specific number get? How many leads opted in through text did this get? How many, um, you know, maybe you're only advertising certain offers in certain places. So you're able to do it that way. That is definitely one option, but it means that you need to have a very, very close eye on every conversion taking place in your business, whether it's opt-ins or schedules, purchases, and really looking also at tightening up your own sales processes to make sure that you can make the most of every single opportunity so that even if things get a little bit more difficult, you're actually converting the same amount in sales or potentially more um, because sometimes this data is already there in front of you within your own business. You don't need Facebook Business Manager To show it to you, it does take more time, it does take more effort. And sometimes there's gonna be a learning curve, but I promise you, if you can really say, you know, data and attribution is a top priority for me moving forward from this point on, you are going to be in a much better, stronger position as a marketer, as a business owner than if you think, oh, well, the world is against me and and they're making it so difficult. You can't play the shame game or the blame game. You have to just say, okay, this is how it is. This is what I have to do to really overcome it because I promise you, the upside is still definitely there for Facebook and Instagram ads. It is the tracking opportunities are still there and you just need to figure out how you personally are going to do it with the specific types of sales funnels or sites that you have, or the different tools that you're using and the offers that you're selling. So definitely you're right. It's got to be a very big priority moving forward.
0: Folks, this is the kind of stuff that we talk about inside the Social Media Marketing Society. It's a place where you can get training live every month. We've got tons of awesome workshops, but Even sometimes more importantly is this group of thousands of marketers that kind of talk through some of the struggles that we're talking about right now and how they're tackling it. Ali is, of course, trained inside the society. If you want to learn more, you can visit socialmediasociety.info. Ali, if people want to learn more about you, where do you want them to reach out? Where do you want them to go?
1: Yeah. So they can go to Marketing Inc. Podcast. That's my podcast. Definitely a lot of longer form information there. Same thing with my YouTube channel. You can just find me at Allie Bloyd on YouTube. And then of course my website, AllieBloydMedia.com. I have a lot of free resources, training videos that are really in depth. So it's a great place to get some information. And of course, if you want to talk about, you know, how to actually help your ads in your system, I'd love for you to book a call and see if we might be able to work with you on that.
0: For those listening to the podcast, it's A-L-L-I-E-B-L-O-Y-D. Until next time, everybody, be wise with your marketing decisions. Allie, thanks again for joining us and helping us to understand so much of what's going on.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: We'll see you all next time.
1: Bye-bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com.